Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cover. I'm your host, John Robb. My co-host, Jeff Ayers, might jump in on this uh, fantastic interview that we got coming up with you. We're just not sure. You never know with Jeff. But we want to remind everybody here that all of our shows are brought to you by Suspense Magazine, so visit suspensemagazine.com. And please don't forget our anthology, Nothing Good Happens After Midnight, with Jeffrey Deaver, along with Linwood Barkley, Reese Bowen, Hank Phillippe, Ryan, Heather Graham, John Lesquois, and many others. And that is out now. Uh, and again, that is Nothing Good Happens After Midnight, print. Kindle, audio, however you want to get it. We have an exciting show for you today. Uh, we are welcoming back, of course, none other than number one New York Times bestselling author, Christine Feehan, and she's going to be speaking to us uh, a little more in depth with her latest book, Lightning Game, which is book 17 in her Ghost Walker series. So, Christine, we want to thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing? I'm doing great, John, and thank you for having me. I really enjoyed being here last time, and so I was eager to come back. Awesome. You know, that's a great thing. We, were, we treated you right, and you came back. That's how it's supposed to work, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we kind of talked a little off the air where we were talking about, you know, a lot of people writing right now, and you're one of the most prolific writers. I mean, you, you have many series, and you write uh, probably, what, three books a year, I think? Close uh, to it. Six. Six? Okay, see, I was divided by two. Okay, so times two. Um, and now you have Lightning Game out. I guess that kind of fits, uh, you know, Lightning here. So give us, book, uh, give us a little bit about Book 17 and the Ghost Walker series, about what you got going on here for Reuben and the Clan. Uh, this was a really exciting book for me to write. I, it was really different, and that's what I like to do. I like to do something really, really, really different with a lot of research, um, this one was heavy into that, and uh-huh. it took place in the Appalachian Mountains, um, which was a really different setting for me. And I really loved the characters, so that's another thing that I really like is when I really enjoy all the characters, every single yeah. one of them. So um, she, the heroine, Jean Quill, is uh, one of the original experiments, and... She has a very dangerous flaw. She gathers this energy, and it's all a tr- a lightning is attracted to her, so um, which can be a real problem. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. <laughs> so, she, so you're going to call it AKA the lightning rod. Right. <laughs> so, um, so the only person she's trying to find someone that she that maybe can help her. And she believes that that is Reuben. So she's been going to his seminars and, um, you know, trying to figure out if if he really is the person that can help her. Uh He is from the Appalachian Mountains, and every year he goes back there with his brother to, um, you know, they're both doctors, and they go back to help the people that are up there um, Uh where they used to live. And so they have traveled back there, and she's kind of waiting for them. And they, there's all sorts of, um, it's very, very high octane, very, um, all kinds of things are going on um, that, you know, and that's, that's the kind of story I like where there's all kinds of twists and turns, and you don't know what's happening next, and so. Right. One of the one things that I found interesting, too, was, that it says that this is one of the first failed ghost walker experiments. And now, how do you pronounce that again? Jean, Jean Queen? Jean Quill. Jean Quill. So explain a little about 
the experiments for people that are maybe just kind of getting into the series, kind of understanding what the Ghost Walker experiments kind of are, what this kind of encapsulates? Um, our major villain uh, is Dr. Whitney, and he took uh, children, girls, all female, from these orphanages, and he performed experiments on them. He he knew that nobody would come looking for them, and to him, these females were. Um, he he felt honestly that he was doing them a service, like giving them a purpose. And then, when he felt uh, that he had something great, then he then produced what he considered super soldiers um, or ghost walkers. Soldiers that, you know, were men that would serve their country because he was a patriot. Uh And he didn't really care what happened to these girls because they were expendable. And she was one of the ones that failed. So he had several, well, a lot of girls that failed. And she was one of the very first ones. And so... Of course, the scary part is you kind of put them out in the world. They're not really sure how to, you know, like you said, like she has lightning that can produce from her body, but she can't really control it. So, of course, the danger in something like that is, well, it didn't work, but still kind of throw her out there to the wolves and kind of see what happens. And, you know, that's that right there alone is uh, is pretty intimidating. Exactly, except that sometimes he doesn't throw them out to the world. He just does them in. Right. And so now that she's right, and now that she's kind of out in the world doing her doing her thing, now she's a danger. Now, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And and you know, it's when when you're looking at characters that you're writing, and you're looking at like a villain, like you said, like a Doctor Whitney. What is one of like the personality traits that you always like to make sure? that your villains kind of have, because villains to me are the ones that always kind of make the story, I guess you want to say, because the hero kind of does their own thing. Many times they have to follow rules and regulations and things like that, where villains can kind of do their own thing, and I always find them a little bit more interesting, because they're, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, they're kind of crazy in their thinking at times, and it always makes for exciting people. So explain a little bit about your creation of villains. Well, what I like about Whitney is, you know, people like to think that villains are all completely bad. And the things that he has done to these girls, they're horrific. I mean, he is experimenting on them, and and the experiments are horrific. But in his mind, what he's doing is patriotic. He's saving the world. He's, I mean, the United States. He's, he uh-huh. believes that he's saving soldiers from being killed. He's out there doing good in his mind. And he, he believes so completely that in his work. And he's convinced a lot of um, other people high up in the government they don't, of course, know about his original experiments. They don't know about the girls, but they, they are convinced that what he's doing is right. 
and they back him. And so he has this, what you might consider evil side, but he's so convinced that he's right. And I, I always like to look at that kind of thing, where you have a person who, who is doing, you know, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. And he, he really truly believes what he's doing is right, and he goes ahead and he does it, and he steps over the law. Like, the law is for everybody else, but it's not for him because he's, he's too smart for that and in his mind. Like, mm-hmm. that's the way he is. And I, I like to kind of um, w- deal with people like that because they are all people like that. Right. And they they believe themselves to be above the law, and for good for what they consider really good reasons. And kind of like the old adage, right? Can't make an omelet without cracking some eggs. Exactly. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, and and that's the good. And and when you write heroes that think that they're right and that they're the hero of their own story, that's what makes it so. I guess hard for the hero to kind of nail them down uh to kind of uh, to, to kind of be able to infiltrate and kind of get into their mind to understand kind of what they're doing in order to kind of stop them and is that one of the things that you know when you're sitting down and you're figuring out that Ruben kind of has to work through to kind of get to the point to kind of make sure that Jean Quill is is safe, not just from herself, but from other people, along with, of course, having to handle, you know, Dr. Whitney uh, on that side, too. So a lot of things that are going into this book. Exactly. And also the other thing that the heroes sometimes have to do is occasionally they will get a call from Whitney and he will say, hey, this is happening Mm -hmm. and I need you to go deal with it. And then they have to decide, do we work for him? Do we go take care of this problem because it's a real problem? Uh Or do we let it happen and then all hell can break loose in the world? Right. And and that's a a real problem for the ghost walkers because they don't want anything to do with them. And now, of course, that you're 17 books into the series, I'm sure you get a lot of emails from fans about the series, and you get a lot of questions about the series. What's one of the couple that you seem to get a lot of that you kind of always have to respond to? You know, each of the books is written to be standalone, but everybody has their favorites, and probably um, a lot of them I have. uh, There's a couple called, one of them is his call name is Gator, and they love Gator and Flame. She was given cancer over and over and over, the girl. Mm-hmm. And um, that really touched a lot of people. And uh, so that book, I think, really resonated with a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah. So. And for authors that are just kind of finding out about the series, do you kind of let them know, hey, you know, you, it's, they're all kind of written like a standalone so you can kind of read the back of the book and kind of see which kind of one interests you to jump into it? Or do you kind of suggest something to them to start with first? 
uh, in their journey. If a reader uh, contacts me and says, you know, I really would like to jump into the series somewhere, where would you suggest? Mm -hmm. Um, I I kind of find out what they're interested in, and then I I will give them a, a book to start with. You know, I never tell them they have to start at the beginning of a series. And and I try to have each of my books um, be, each of my series be standalones uh, mm-hmm. books. Like, you should be able to pick it up. Um, I think there's only one where I had um, a trilogy written in the middle of a series, and it was a long, it's a long-running series, so... The Carpathian one? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I did do a trilogy in the middle of that one. But, um, <laughs> That's a little wrench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how, well, how was that experience, doing, like, basically doing a series within a series? Um, you know, that came about simply because I, um, I had a, a character that everybody wanted her book, and I couldn't write her story. She was a child. Um, and I, I just couldn't conceive of writing her story. And, of course, over the course of 10 years or 15 years or whatever it was, I finally realized, oh, I know her story, but I had to lead into it. Uh-huh. And that's sort of how the whole thing came about. So, When you kind of look back now at Shadow Game being the first one that you wrote, what, 18 years ago it came out now. It'll be 18 years in September. That Did you have any idea that the series was going to be minimum, of course, 17 books? I'm sure you probably have 18 already in the works, maybe even 19 at this point. Did you think that it was going to kind of go on this long? Absolutely not, no. I no. was very excited about um, writing Shadow Game, and I remember being very upset when I was writing that book, trying to get the pacing down and trying to get the... Um, you know, I had read uh, The Born Identity, and oh. um, I loved the book so much, and the way uh, the author had put the hero and the heroine together and had them work through all the problems together. Uh-huh. And I kind of wanted to do something where I had a, a similar pacing, and I... It really struggled with that, uh, the pacing of the emotion and the action and, you know, the whole thing. Right. Because that, that was my very first book was Shadow Game. And I was, uh-huh. uh, it took me a while to be satisfied. I remember my editor kept going, well, you just turn the book in and I kept starting it over and over and over like a hundred <laughs> times. And it made her crazy. And I, when I turned it in, I kept saying, maybe you should give it back to me. <laughs> I'm not quite done. I, I want to tweak just something. Can I just tweak something? Uh-huh. <laughs> now, of course, it, at what point, though, did you kind of decide, you know what, this is going to be a series that's just going to keep running? Was it after like three, four, five books that you knew it was going to be kind of that way? Or, uh-huh. does that, or, or are you still amazed that you're just like, I can't believe I'm doing 18 and I'm doing 19? <laughs> You know, as long as there's a story in my head, as long as characters are talking to me, mm-hmm. then I continue. And the minute they stop, then then it's over. That's the way it is with me. Like, then I'm just going to be like, okay, well, we're done. <laughs> okay. But now, do you have any – now, when that happens and you kind of know that it's kind of over, 
do you want to write a book that will finish it off and be like, boom, done? Or do you like to kind of leave it open that maybe in five or six years they rear their heads back up and you're like, okay, I, maybe I can start on this again? I would probably kill off my uh, villain for sure. Okay. And then if um, five or six years down the road something happened, I could still bring, like for this series, I could bring back easily. Right. Um, I don't. I don't know. You know. For instance, the Shadow series. I don't know what I would do. I. I don't know what I would do with some of the other series, but um, this one would be easy enough to bring back. So you're not looking at any kind of hard out, like boom out, and then next one. Not yeah. looking at that. No. Okay. I always. I, I always wondered what. Because you do have. I mean, right now in looking, you have three more books that are set to come out. Just this year, uh, I believe you have another Carpathian novel coming out this year, right? Uh, at the end of November, Dark Tarot? Yes, I do. Yes. And then you have a standalone book that you I did do. that's coming yeah. out this year. And, and that, I think that's the one that's coming out, the, uh, that's coming out in June. But then you have, Shadow is it Storm. the Shadow series that comes out I in May? I have Shadowstorm in May. Shadowstorm in May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So... I got, I'm curious about the standalone one because, of course, that's outside the series, and it's your first actual standalone book since 2004, mm-hmm. so quite some time, and it's called Murder at Sunrise Lake. Can you give us a little bit of insight into that? Because it almost sounds like murder mystery. It, it is, although, there, of course, because it's me, I have a romance in it, of course. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I was so excited about it. Um, one of my daughters is a climber. She, when I say that, you know, she goes oh. bouldering and she climbs, uh, you know, she does, she's crazy. I and, can't, do, I can't uh, do that. I look at that and I'm like, <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. There's no way. Well, all her friends do that. And, you know, she's, she's hiked the JMT, uh, the John Muir Trail by herself. 20, you know, like 20. Whoa, 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 whoa. She did the whole John Muir Trail? Alone. Holy, what had to take? <laughs> she I mean, that's a massive trail. And she did it. And, and, she, and she has been on Whitney. You know, she goes up Whitney. I mean, she's, she does that. And she, and, she, and she has this girl pack that does these things, too. And okay. so all of them have these really interesting jobs. And... You know, they kind of hang out in the Mammoth um, area and the Yosem- up in the Yosemite area. And I hear about it all the time, and I hear about their jobs all the time. And so one day we're sitting around, and they're talking about the trails, and they're talk- talking about the lakes. And, of course, I'm thinking, oh, my God, this would be a perfect place for murder. And oh, God. <laughs> Your daughter's like, thanks, Mom. <laughs> yeah, like Jaws wasn't enough. <laughs> yes. I know that poor child who's scarred for life. And, you know, I start saying, well, gosh, you know, we could really hide some great, you know, bodies. Like, where could we find some bodies? And then, anyway, we all start talking, and it became a thing. And uh-huh. so that's where the story was born, and it got really cool, and I I got really excited about it, and that's you know 
that's how it all came about. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. And my poor daughter, she's like, you know, Mom, I don't know how many mothers sit around talking about murder at the dinner table with their daughters. She goes, I think I need therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just to do the trail alone, I mean, I know the John Muir Trail living in California, and that is, I mean, that's a massive thing to do, so congratulations to her. I mean, doing it, and alone anyway. Then she went over to Europe and in the snow, and she decided that, you know, that wasn't enough to do the John Muir Trail. She had to hike the Alps, three countries. Oh, so, yeah, you know, why not? I mean, I guess that's what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) because, you know, it wasn't enough to give her mother gray hair once. She had it twice. Really? Now you're like, fine, now I'm just going to write a story about this, so it'll scare you off that. No more rock climbing for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you read this murder book, yes, it's very scary about that whole rock climbing thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, just rock climbing alone just is something that scares me. But now, you also mentioned a lot of research for this book, Lightning Game. And, of course, you mentioned the Appalachian Mountains. I'm from Ohio, so I'm very kind of familiar with that area. Now, the Appalachian Mountains extend, of course, from all the way. I mean, I think it goes up into Canada, but, you know, from New York all the way down through Tennessee and goes down there. So you have a lot of pockets of a lot of different styles of Appalachian Mountain, I guess you want to say mountain Mm -hmm. people. Um, What was one of the things that interested you the most when you started doing the research that you kind of found out about people that live in those areas? Well, you know, I I needed a place that had lots and lots of um, forest and also cave systems. And I also wanted a place where the people were really um, um, like a community, like They stayed to themselves, but they also were very um, tight, a tight community. And so I was looking for that. And um, I found places where people, um, outsiders, would come in and hike, Mm -hmm. and there was lots of lightning. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. (laughs) I bet. Looking for those things. you know, and uh, I had to find I had to find the places that that had all of the above, and and I came you know came together, and I hope I treated it right. I hope that when people um, from those areas read it, you know, of course it's fiction, and so I kind of had to fudge on on some of them, uh-huh. and I, you know, I I hope that they they feel that I I did them right. Uh-huh. I always try to be really. Um, cognizant of culture and make people feel that I I treated their, you know, their particular um, place, their region, um, with sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm more familiar. I, I did a lot of traveling through Pennsylvania. I guess I'm more familiar kind of with that area more than, and a little bit of New York than the southern parts, more of the Appalachian. So kind of know what you mean. I mean, there's... The, so many pockets of, of going through there. You have, you know, Pennsylvania Dutch and a lot of Amish, and then there's just a lot of like mountain people. I guess you want to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not much more else to put it. It's just it's a totally different style of living. Even if you you know when you go from Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, and you go out into the middle of 
you know, the newcomers and those kinds of areas which are just out in the middle of really nowhere. And I would pass all them on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. You see how there's little places and sometimes you stop and you're like, wow, this is a, this is different. Different. Yeah. <laughs> Very different. Much different. And there's a lot of characters definitely right. to pull from. Yeah. Do, now, uh, since you do write so many, you know, since, since you have a couple of active series going on, I'm also curious, too, about when the readers kind of do email you, do you get a lot, of course, of when is the next, like, Leopard novel, or when is the next Sea Haven novel, or when is the next, do they, you know, do they kind of hound you on things of those natures on other series that maybe not have been active lately? Absolutely. I get letters daily and I get lots and lots and lots of them. Uh-huh. And the second they read a book, I'm telling you, they put the book down, and they immediately write to me and say, when is the next book coming out? See, and you write so fast, you're your own enemy. <laughs> I know. I, I always wonder, do they think you're like, hey, well, here's the PDF, and you're just going to ship it off to them or something? <laughs> <laughs> Some of them get pretty upset with me. <laughs> You just you want to just sit there and say, here's an idea. Why don't you just kind of search on Wikipedia? You can kind of see the dates that they come out, and you'll kind of have an idea of when the next series book will kind of be around. You know, I mean, it's kind of scheduled. Well, it does take me a little bit to write the book. It does. I mean, it does take me longer. Like um, I might have um, more research to do than I thought I did. You know, I thought I did all the research, and I'm not going to turn a book in if I don't like the book. If I don't feel the book is right, it's not going to be turned in. That's just the bottom line. Well, yeah, kind of like, um, what was the, what was it, Shadow? Uh, yeah, you know, Shadow yeah. Game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just kind of write it, write it, write it, write it, and mm-hmm. yeah. I, I can, and I know a lot of authors that, that have to that do that. I mean, it, it, it's not, if you can't get into it and you're not excited about it, then you can't really expect your readers to be excited about it either. No, no. You know. And I, I just don't, I, you know, I want it to be right. And so right. I just, I really, really want it to be right. So. Because you have to keep the series fresh. I mean, when mm-hmm. you're 17 and 30 books into certain series and, you know, 15 and other series, it, it, it's a challenge for you to make sure that you keep it fresh for the reader, that every book is like that standalone one that they can just kind of jump into. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I I know that some readers, they want that same book over and over and over, their favorite book. And they'll be like, why don't you write this book about, you know, their favorite character? And I'm like, because I would be bored out of my freaking mind. Right. Right. And you kind of just be like, well, just go back and reread the other one if you like it so much. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote it so well. It's, that's kind of like telling... I guess you want to say like like a band like like Led Zeppelin. Well, why can't you just do Stairway to Heaven again? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me just sit right down and type that out there. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz you you know, you you don't know a book or even a, you know, a piece of music is going to be a hit until you kind of get it out there and people start reviewing it and then they start talking about it and then you kind of realize, "Hey, I I got something here." Mhm. It's always shocking to me, honestly. Yeah. I'm always I'm always, I feel so um, excited and humble, and I I feel every single book that comes out and readers go out there and they buy it and I make a list, I am shocked by it. And I, 
I don't expect it. I, it's not something that I take for granted. I, I'm really happy that the readers, you know, follow me and that they love each series that I put out. I'm grateful for it. And I do my best. I really do. I go over every word that I, I put down on paper. And that's good to know that you take that time to make sure that things are perfect. Because I think some of the writing today in some of the books I see, it just seems like a lot of authors or editors and things are just trying to rush the fast as they can just to get it out. And they're kind of missing uh, some of the things that make stories good, I think, in some of the ways. It's kind of disheartening, I think. I I feel the same way. I read a lot. I'm a very fast reader, and I read a lot. And I will, you know buy in indies quite a bit to try mm-hmm. to find new authors and um, I'll find somebody and just love their writing and then see that they're cutting and pasting things mm-hmm. because I buy quite a few of their books because I love their writing. That's so sad. It's and like lip syncing like, a concert. Why are you doing this? You don't need to. You're a fabulous writer. I... Don't do this. <laughs> You yeah, know. don't cheat your brand. Don't cheat yourself. It's like lip syncing in a concert. Like, don't yeah. lip sync. Just sing live. It is what it is. We we don't right. care. Yeah, because they could be they could be really really good, and I mean they are really really good, and they're right. they're cheating themselves and they're cheating their readers, and most readers aren't going to catch it because they're not like me. They don't read book after book. You know, I can maybe read if they're short enough. I'm reading three books in a night if I can't sleep. Holy crap! You read I'm, that fast? Yeah, I'm a fast reader. So you, so you're a speed reader. You pretty much just go and you can do it. Yeah. Man. Sadly, sadly, this is <laughs> that, money. That's a great <laughs> thing to have. I mean, you can jump through it because you can go through the first forty pages in five minutes and say, "Sucks next." First, four, sucks next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible because uh, you know my 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 bill when it comes in is like uh, my accountant's like, what the heck is this? <laughs> research, research, yeah, it's all is... research. It's all right offable. It's all research. <laughs> <laughs> but so for fans, and I'm going to say talk to the fans now. If you want to find out everything to know about what's going on with Christine and all of her series and her books. The best place is probably her website. Am I right? ChristineFeehan.com? If you go to my website, and um, I interact um, a lot there Uh um, in the community. And also, if you write to me, I interact um, a lot. So if you you write to me or if you go to my community, my community, um, I have a wall. And if you go to that wall. Like a message wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, do you do a lot? Of, what, do you have a social media platform that you kind of stay on the most, or um, those places are where I am most of the time? Um, I on Facebook and and on Instagram, I post as just my author stuff. Okay. You know, when a book comes out, but I always message or I'm. You know, when people ask me questions on my wall, on my website, or they write to me, they always get a response. Nice. Nice. Well, I'll tell you what, everybody. The book is called Lightning Game. It is out now. It came out March the 2nd, and you can get it in whatever format. The audio book comes out at the same time. Am I right? 
So they can get anything that they want at that time. Um, when Lightning Game comes out, you mean? Yeah, when Lightning Game comes out, is it is uh, is audio, Kindle, print, everything at the same date, or does audio uh, come out a little light, later? Uh, no, I think audio comes out at the same time. Okay, yeah. sometimes they drop a little later. Just no, I think but. audio comes out the same time and so does Kindle. Good. So again, Lightning Game, everybody, March the second. When you hear this interview, it's out. You can get it, uh, however format you want it in. And Christine. We want to thank you always again so much for coming on. It's been a fabulous conversation. Wish you nothing but success. Thank God everything was great during quarantine. Hopefully by the time we talk next time, we'll be talking about going out and having dinner and doing all the fun stuff that we used to do a year ago. That's right. Yeah, so. we'll have to get together, John. Exactly. Uh, you know, and there's one, one more question, though. In your write, And I've asked this for authors, and I forgot to ask, but in your writing and books coming up, are you going to talk about COVID at all? Not me. Okay. And that's, you know what, that's about 8 out of 10 have said they're not even going to talk about it. They're going to say, nope, my world is a little bit different than this world, and I'm not even going to mention it, not even going to face it. No, not at this time. I have no plans for it. Okay, gotcha. Again, well, hey, Christine, again, thank you so much for coming off. Everybody, Lightning Game, Book 17, Ghost Walker Series, get your copy now. And look for the other three coming out in May and June and November so you got Christine for four months out of the year this year. <laughs> Thank you, John. All right. You have a great one, and we'll talk soon. All right. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.